It was actually a conversation with Adam Ferrier, who's my now business partner. I called him and he literally said, well, why don't you just do your own event? And I like to call that the catalyst for my accidental entrepreneurial journey. You know, we had this very bold statement. We had this, you know, bold idea and, you know, were people going to get on board with it? I had five different people come up to me at separate occasions saying, CJ, this event has changed my life, changed the trajectory of my of my business and things like that. And I had to kind of go into a dark room for for a few days just to process that. Welcome to episode 154 of Be The Drop, a weekly interview podcast sharing stories from people who inspire and motivate others to help you learn how to tell your story. I'm Amelia Veal, Director at Narrative Marketing and firm believer in the superpower of storytelling. Space Series had lofty ambitions to bring together a community of disruptive leaders to disconnect, collaborate and create. For unlikely people, to share unexpected conversations. Space was all these things and more. I returned feeling vulnerable and expanded. Many conferences talk about uniting community to drive change, but in reality, unlike space, few truly do. CJ Holden is one of the three creators of the Space series, an event which defies traditional description more like a festival of ideas than a conference. It successfully delivered something different. There are no official speakers or themes at Space. The content is designed and led by the guests. The program is co-created with all guests contributing. There are no passive participants at Space. In today's episode of Be The Drop, CJ shares his inspiration to disrupt the conference format by curating a truly immersive experience. We discuss how Space successfully delivered productive and inspiring conversations and celebrate the post-event achievement of community-driven action. This is CJ's version of Be The Drop. When I find something useful for my business, I like to share the love. For royalty-free music on podcasts and videos, we love Soundstripe. It's got lots of great tunes and no boring elevator music. As a Soundstripe partner, we're excited to offer you a 10% discount code. There's a link in the show notes or enter the code BETHEDROP at checkout. CJ, welcome to our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Uh, me too. I'm excited to be here in Sydney <laughs> talking about Sydney. a range of things, including space, which is going to be exciting. But before we get to that, you've brought your item of significance and that's something that gives us a little bit of context and background about CJ. Sure. So um, CJ is from New Zealand. He's an experientialist. He's lived all over the world. He's referring to him in third person. I'm not sure why. (laughs) (laughs) Nerves. The item is um, something very familiar to everybody. It's about the size of uh, an A4 page. It's silver and has a little apple on it. (laughs) Um, So my item of significance is my laptop. The reason I thought of that as my item of significance was... I've been living my life over the last two years, a little bit transient between kind of transitioning from my old life to my new life. And so the reason I kind of thought my laptop was significant is because I literally carry my whole life around with me 
all the time. And I've become over the last couple of years, very kind of lean in terms of what I carry with me. I don't want to say the horrible digital nomad (laughs) thing, but um, you know, it really has kind of, it's like everything. (laughs) Fantastic. And it, it is, it does, you know, technology really has brought that ability to be able to be places and do things that previously, you know, were impossible. Yeah, completely. And you mentioned as well that you're an expert. Now, what did we say? What was the word? Experientialist. Experientialist. Okay. (laughs) So tell us about that. And because that leads nicely into um, talking about space. So I've had a fortunate career in the sense that I've been able to travel. I've done lots of different things, mainly centered around marketing and events and Certainly in the last couple of years, I've been really able to kind of refine and define what I do and what I enjoy. And I love creating moments, experiences, bringing people together and kind of creating a shared experience, a shared journey for them. Um, So I like to define it as my one word superpower as an experientialist. I I really do want to unpack some of that. Like how is it, what is it you think are the elements that, that are required in an event that allows people to connect and build relationships and to go beyond just the general high there of a, of an event, you know, Mm. just a casual meeting and passing. How do you actually bring them together to forge connections to take further past an event? I think to put it into one word, okay, three words, but is to be present in conversations. And that I think is the, there's a lot that goes into someone being present in a conversation, I think, and even myself in day-to-day conversations, I'm, you know, thinking, oh, am I being present? Am I listening to this? But I think that's, let's say the the ground zero of what it is, um, because to be present means that you're focusing on the person. You're not thinking about, you know, your phone buzzing in your pocket or, you know, to contradict my, my significant item. <laughs> um, you know, you are being slightly offline. You're, um, you know, connecting with that person, hopefully beyond just what they do and what you can get out of that person. So, um, yeah, that's why I think being present in a conversation and not kind of knowing what am I going to get out of this? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's such good advice. And and it's interesting because I do, and I I love that you connected it to your item of significance is even as you were talking, I was thinking that that is one of the things about technology that I think is the double edged sword. So I've asked you to, to tell us a story, something that is as a point of significance or maybe a learning moment in your journey. Can you share us that story and then some of the things you've learned from that and how you apply those lessons today? So the story is, um, it's the hero's journey, obviously. He's a great hero. I'm the hero. Um, but it's kind of, uh, I guess... You know, I mentioned before that I was very lucky to have a a great career, but part of that was um, becoming quite stagnant in a role in in London because of the GFC. And ultimately, I was working for a company I loved, with a team that I loved, but I was in a role where I felt I was better than what I was. And it's a very young person problem as well. But the learnings that I kind of, I guess guess it's more like a retrospective thing. So I kind of, you know, I spent three years in this role thinking I was like, okay, I'm better than this. I need to be more and everything else. And it kind of affected me, you know, deeply emotionally as well, where, you know, I like to say that was my quarter life crisis uh, where I, you know, quit the job, quit everything, moved back to New Zealand um, and, you know, wanted to start getting into a whole nother sector. I did that. 
And then literally two weeks into being in New Zealand, I was seconded back to um, that uh, that company because the person above me was going on maternity leave. And so that kind of gave me the, the boost into a totally new role. And within that, my career just kind of went on this hugely sharp trajectory. And what I learned in that trajectory is like, why, why is this happening so quickly and so fast? And, and, and why do I know how to do all of these things? And what I hadn't acknowledged or realized or understood was that actually in my, you know, three years of not feeling like I was going anywhere, I was actually working so closely with such senior people that I didn't even understand that I was learning all of the skills that I needed and all of the skills that would, um, well, take me on the trajectory that I ended up being on. And so I kind of tell that as a bit of a story because, you know, I was definitely in that like stage where, you know, you're young and you're, you think you're better and you're not earning any money and that person's doing better and all that kind of thing. And kind of judging by judging yourself by what everyone else is kind of doing and where they're at and not living enough in the moment and understanding, well, what can I take from this that one day I'll be able to apply And so how I apply that nowadays um, is, and I guess maybe it's a bit of an age thing, but I do try again, be a little bit more present in um, the the things that you can learn without even knowing you're learning them. Um, And I guess my biggest kind of um, application of what that taught me was actually some of the advice that I give to younger people in my life. And certainly how I've got two god kids, a niece and a nephew, and I kind of think very much about how I'm going to uh, pass on these bits of wisdom whether they want to hear it or not from some you know old uncle but but you know that's how I kind of I certainly with you know younger people when I was managing when I you know fast forward to when I was at the you know peak of this trajectory and I was managing a big team and you know you have all those conversations with those younger team members about where am I I'm not going anywhere blah 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 you know I always used to say they say me for it but like you know the career ladder is invisible you know just be present in the job that you're doing now do it really well and you know if you're doing it well and you're learning these things you know stuff magic will just happen so yeah that was (laughs) that's hopefully that's a good enough story (laughs) oh I love that I love that story and it it is tough because you don't know what you don't know and retrospect is an amazing thing isn't it age and wisdom oh my gosh I know when did we get to that point where we started talking about oh yeah look back now (laughs) (laughs) but it does it is incredible and I think that's such a valuable story to you know even in the times where you feel like you're not necessarily achieving or succeeding you are learning and growing and it's part of the journey yeah and it's so important to appreciate that well yeah to appreciate and also to you know not let life slide you by because you know I just think about those times and all of the you know, potential social opportunities that I missed because I was, you know, so um, tense and wound up in where I where I should be um, that, you know, I wasn't just, I wasn't, you know, living life to the full. I wasn't living my best life <laughs> like I am now. <laughs> well, let's, yeah, let's talk about living your best life because so I met you through the space series and the first one was this year at Byron Bay mm-hmm. and it was an incredible experience. I look, Honestly, I went away and um, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but I was I was overwhelmed and inspired, but also a little bit shell-shocked because it was probably, I, I think actually definitely one of the most growth-learning conferences or events. I mean, I, I, I couldn't call it a conference because it wasn't a conference, but, you know, events that I've been to. You can use the F word. <laughs> it was a festival. 
<laughs> well, it was, it was more than all of those things. So let's talk about that. So first of all, where did the concept come from? Uh, you know, what, what, was, what was the idea behind space? That is a big question. <laughs> um, and I guess it links on from, you know, being on this crazy trajectory and, you know, not knowing what you, what you don't know you're knowing, <laughs> what you don't know you know. I was running um, a, a large travel trade event in, in um, the US. I've got a, a deep passion for doing things differently. I guess I saw after running, uh, after kind of switching that model from, you know, talking trends to inspiring trends, you know, three years into that, I just saw the power. I could see how people within my delegation, delegates, were truly changing their business decisions and things like that based on things that they heard from others. And I was like, wow, this, this is something powerful in this. It was actually, um, you know, a, a conversation with Adam Ferrier, who's my now business partner. He'd come over to the event running various workshops and things for us because he's mad. Um, <laughs> and that's what I wanted. I called him and he literally said, well, why don't you just do your own event? And I like to call that the catalyst for my accidental entrepreneurial journey. And so that was really from, from there when he said that, I was like, okay, well, maybe I should, maybe I could. In that, I spent a kind of a, a good year looking at what events there were here in Australia. And so the fact that I wanted to do something different, the fact that I knew that I wanted to create something that was a little bit more festival-like, a little less conference, that I'd seen just how powerful shared ideas were. And then actually linking that one more step with arriving in Australia and trying to, as a New Zealander, get my head around how it's same, same, but different. Um, it's like, wow, there's this, like, there's something, there's something in want like bringing people who want to be change makers together and connecting them with other people that also want to be change makers, but don't know who they don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. It wasn't something that I just woke up one day and go, oh, space, boom. And then when did Holly get involved as well? Because she's involved too. Yeah, so Holly got involved when we, and this is where the three of us make the perfect unlikely group of people. I had this really bold idea for an experience that was very, very different to, to anything else. You know, Adam layered in the craziness and kind of, you know, brought in the, the, the ambition and the creativity element. And then we kind of had this concept for it and it was like this could be really cool but why would people want to come like why why are they going to come why are they going to invest their time and their money to this experience and that's where again this journey we linked in the whole let's make australia more ambitious let's help let's see if we can be part of making systemic change and future proofing it and so that's when adam and i thought well we need a we need another voice we need someone who can have those conversations that we can't necessarily have um so then we started a courtship with holly and of course you know it didn't take long for her to kind of um just see how different this event was going to be and you know saw the opportunity not for this just to be a different event but for this to be something that um, could truly unite a group of people who want to be a force for change but don't necessarily know how and one of the interesting things as well as i said you know i came back from space i needed like at least a month just to process <laughs> there was there was so much like on it i was it was jam-packed with so much in my brain, so many conversations and connections and experiences, like, eat, you know, eating, having the blind meal, like blindfolded, um, and even just doing morning yoga and seeing dolphins. And I, it, like, honestly. Oh, those what, dolphins cost a fortune. <laughs> Thanks, Byron. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, what wasn't there? But, but then the thing that I have loved as well is that we're, I have connected quite deeply with a number of people. I mean, I'm here in Sydney. We're interviewing 
interviewing you and there's a number of other people from space that I'll be speaking to. So tell us, what has that journey been for you? That journey has been, I do wear my heart on my sleeve, believe in vulnerability. I don't consider myself, you know, a, a founder and all of this stuff. You know, I feel like I'm just creating, a, you know, a small business and hopefully a business that will kind of lead with purpose. I certainly didn't expect the kind of the roller coaster of starting up your own company to be kind of extend past the <laughs> past the event itself. And what I mean by that is that, I mean... Ultimately, we created something that was um, bigger than we'd maybe even imagined. You know, we had this very bold statement. We had this, you know, bold idea. And, you know, were people going to get on board with it? I had five different people come up to me at separate, separate occasions saying, CJ, this event has changed my life, changed the trajectory of my of my business and things like that. And I had to kind of go into a, <laughs> a dark room for, for a few days just to process that. And in, in a nutshell, everything that I had kind of, you know, structured out for post space was totally redundant. I didn't expect that, you know, the, the community would be so passionate to just carry on the 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 burn, <laughs> I suppose. And so, you know, now it's really quite fascinating for, you know, the three of us, Adam, Holly and myself to kind of, um, you know, sit down and be like, wow, okay, so the, the community is leading this. Um, where do we kind of place ourselves as the brand? Um, so it took a little while for me to understand, well, the brand's not going to lead this. The brand needs to be the, the connector and the amplifier and, you know, be the flame under the pot of these, you know, incredible people that, all, you know, again, want to be a force for change and have now connected with other people that want to be a force for change. Ultimately, we created something bigger than what we thought we would. You know, we knew I was going to do a great event. I know how to do a great event. I was a little bit nervous, like, well, <laughs> looking at the guest list before, Adam and I, Holly and I, we sat down and we're like, oh, gosh, you know what? we don't really know many of these people. And so I was like, oh my God, what have we done? <laughs> um, and yeah, ultimately we, we, we did manage to find the right people. So um, yeah, I mean, and I really appreciate and respect the people who came to the first space, our founding space cadets, um, because they're the ones that, you know, really took a risk on us and you know 50 50 were like it could be a could be a huge disaster it could be something really great and you know i credit them with you know changing us from hashtag not like fire to hashtag burning man of business <laughs> oh fantastic i think that's a great story and what i love is you know you brought change makers together and kapow like you know change and you know instead of forcing a community there's just been this like very organic very passionate community like I've been amazed just watching all the commentary you know in the LinkedIn groups and with the different people that I've connected with it's not anything I've experienced at any other event it's mm. really good such a credit to you guys as the organizers but as you say also those people that went and took that risk yeah, and completely. came along yeah it was great. So 2020, what, how do you go to the next event mm. and what sort of learnings, what will you do differently? What did you learn from this first one? Yeah. We wanted to create a diverse environment. People love the fact that we had, you know, young, old social enterprise, everything. We're doubling down on that. You know, how do we actually, um, you know, applications haven't opened yet because what we're trying to do is build a map of what Australia looks like. And how do we make sure that space represents that diversity? Things like the, you know, the, the contributions. I think that the fact that everyone had to be an active participant and the kind of the, almost the anxiety that that induced in, um, in people thinking, oh my God, you know, this event, <clears throat> the success of this event 
event is kind of down to me and my contribution. Um, so, so you know, ultimately that worked worked well. But you know, um, everybody is at a different kind of you know. Not everyone can facilitate a room. So, um, what we've what we're going to um, do next year is without losing that kind of sense of radical generosity, we are going to have like a like almost a tiered level of contribution. So. Can you hold a stage? Can you hold a room? Can you hold a conversation? So we want we want to kind of incorporate things like that, which was um, you know a little bit of stuff that you know again we tried and then everyone experimented and then fed back and we're kind of you know again doubling down. There's just so many powerful stories that um, you know how can we create a little bit more space for people. My biggest kind of um, anxiety is not, oh my God, what am I going to do next year? It's, oh my goodness, how am I going to do all this amazing stuff with all these amazing people in between now and then? Because, you know, so many people are reaching out to me about their afterburn and their do tank and that kind of thing. So, um, no, I mean, that's that's why I'm an experientialist. That's the bit I love. And, you know, I think that even everyone that came to space this year, it'll be a different experience next year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exciting. Well, there's definitely lots to, and I would recommend it to anyone to apply and try and get involved. So, yeah, definitely. Now, the other thing as well I asked you was to share some two to three, like your top communication tips. How did you grow momentum around this event? How did you attract these people? As you say, it was a risk. First event, you know, unknown, it was different. How did you communicate that to get people on board? So the first one is, and I've said it a couple of times, I love doing the opposite of what everyone else is doing. (laughs) Um, And I've kind of almost had a bit of a, you know, I worked for a lifestyle hotel brand where that was in our ethos. Look at the competitors and do the opposite. You know, I created this large travel trade event that was, you know, that travel I mean trade show industry wasn't hard to disrupt <laughs> to be honest unfortunately I had a mentor who you know was prepared to back me in that and so that's where you know again linking from that life to you know working with a partner like Adam who <laughs> likes to be disruptive just for the sake of it um so so really kind of yeah looking at what others are doing and doing the opposite and so you know when I was in my research stage of right okay well what kind of event does Australia need because <laughs> there's not a shortage of events I kind of found five principles that kind of were very similar across everything which was you know big city conventional meeting space no disconnection from your day-to-day life you know always midweek and that kind of thing um generally was very siloed so one industry looking into itself and then the fifth thing was it was pretty much predominantly you know one-way flow of communication from the speaker to the audience so relating to space i took those five principles and made sure that i was doing exactly the opposite to all five of those really? so that was kind of number one yeah uh, and i think that can be applied to anything mm-hmm. <laughs> to, be, to be honest really and i think good. it's like not that hard to disrupt <laughs> The second, which is kind of like a bit of a broader communication tool, um, is kind of seeking to understand first. And this is something that I still even, you know, have to work on day to day, you know, back to the being present in conversations and like, am I listening or am I thinking about the 49 million other things I need to do? No, I'm not listening. Hang on, CJ, listen. Or I, hang on, I'm speaking. Why am I speaking? Let them speak because I don't understand yet. Stop trying to give advice. Um, you know, so so seeking to understand first and, and that links to kind of, you know, part of the inspiration or getting this inspiration for to do things differently in the event space was I went to loads of different events all over the world and I was the odd one out. So I was the one having conversations at the coffee machine or whatever. And, um, you know, so I, I did just didn't know anything about their industry. So just, you know, 
tried to understand it. Um, and I think that's important when, you know, you're dealing with people and you also when you're, when you're trying to create something really different and unique, try to understand, yeah, what people want. And that links to the third one, which is just because that's what someone says or asks for doesn't mean that's necessarily what they want. And that's not to say that, you know, that's not to say that you should just do the opposite of what everyone says, but it's like, you know, such a cliche example, but you know, um, Henry Ford, you know, if he'd asked his customers what they'd wanted, they would have said faster horses, you know, so people don't necessarily know what they want. Um, and so that's when, you know, even seeking to understand, you know, I'm seeking to understand them, but maybe understand them, not just what they're saying, but what their kind of meaning or what they what they think they mean or, or what they don't even know yet. And that linking into the whole, you know, doing the opposite of what everyone else is, you know, the number of events people that I spoke to who uh, just could not get the concept that I was charging people in some case speakers <laughs> charging speakers to be at this event with no speakers they just couldn't quite get their head around it and you know that's because you know and even you know even now you know the design of the content space it wasn't actually designed this might be giving this might be a massive spoiler alert but you know the content sessions is a mechanism for accidental conversation. It's not necessarily, and again, we did have some learnings. There were maybe a little bit too many, you know, clickbait topics up on the up on the board, and you know, when you got to the session, it wasn't what it kind of said on the can. But um, ultimately, even you know, when that happened, and I've spoken to so many people about this who have said, "Oh, the session, you know, wasn't exactly what it said," but oh my god, I had the most amazing conversation with blah blah blah, and it's like. Hmm, and you know so that's that's kind of what what i mean by that it's like just because someone says oh i need a conference full of like all of this great kind of content and what are the topics going to be etc it's kind of like what you ultimately get out of what i certainly ultimately got out of going to many events is the people that i've connected with and the and the two-way conversation that i've had not the one-way conversation of speaker on the stage so um yeah that would be kind of my last thing is um you know what they say doesn't necessarily mean what they what they mean. I love those three points. They are brilliant. Really good. Thank you. They're really good. And I definitely, I did have people say to me, so you're going to a conference that's got no speakers. <laughs> the number and you're of, paying for that. And yeah. I was like, oh, and I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> the number of, um, you know, space cadets who have come to me and said like, oh, I just can't explain to people what it is. It's like, good. <laughs> exactly. And that's what appealed to me. And that's why you got change makers. Yeah. Because it was those people that the unexpected, the unexpected, known is where they want to go because yeah. that's where change happens uh, absolutely well absolutely and it's like it's kind of going and not knowing what you're going to get out of it as well mm. yeah. yeah and because then then you get like something more than the expected yeah i'm a huge believer and that's where people say oh you know i like the concept of the event but my boss won't sign it off because it's like personal development and i said well i feel that like personal and professional development are so blurred you know if you're pushing yourself to learn personally i think that reflects in your professional life and if it doesn't then oh, um, maybe there's you know well absolutely because you are the person <laughs> doing the job yeah exactly <laughs> so you know there's you know when people ask you know is it a festival is it a conference is it a no. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? All right. Thank you so much. But in conclusion, do you have a be the drop tip? A be the drop tip is something, you know, your number one tip for what you think motivates and inspire others to take action. <laughs> be kind, be cool, be interesting, be interested, be yourself, be you. 
Love it. You just nailed that. <laughs> you nailed it. Thank you so much, My CJ. Pleasure. Okay. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that.